Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. An awful lot of our shows stem from quotations. Lisa and I both like quotes. This is from somebody unknown and I've known this for a long, long time. And it's probably not new to an awful lot of our audience. Everything in your life is a reflection of a choice you have made. If you want a different result, make a different choice. And so today's topic is individual responsibility. We teed this up the last show when we talked about people that fail to do what they say. And it's not lost on me that this has gotten remarkably worse. I began my career in the early seventies as a teenager. And it's funny. I, I had a younger person the other day who tried to maintain a position that they were, they were growing up in an era and they were seeing things that I just didn't have a clue about, you know, and instead of getting my nose bent out of shape, I just kind of chuckled to myself and thought, you know, the, the, the oil embargo in the seventies is when an inflation was runaway back in the early seventies and including the pandemic that now I've seen, which I had not before, including the 08 crash that I had not seen anything quite like that, but SNL, the savings and loans scandals in this part of the country in Oklahoma and Texas and bank failures. And there's an awful lot that I've seen. And one of the things that I have seen grow increasingly, we talked about it last time is the excuse making and is kind of just the whole victim mindset. And in my estimation, there is absolutely a huge growth in our culture of blaming. It's not my fault. You know, I didn't do this. I didn't do that, or I can't do this, or I can't do that, but it's not my fault. And I have talked for years and years. What if we just change the conversation where it's not about fault? It's not about blame. What if it's just about responsibility? Because to me, as an optimist, responsibility is an empowering kind of a thing. If I wake up every morning and I just believe that destiny, life, the universe is against me, how powerless a feeling is that? But if I wake up every morning believing that there's something I can do, I may not know what it is, but there's something I can do today that can, that can change the outcome of my life, that can make my life better, that's just a whole different that's just a whole different place to be. It's just like our choice. Our choices impact everything. This isn't just about work. It's like you said, it's about life. Every choice you make should be intentional. Um, in, in my life, of course, I'm just goal oriented anyway. Everything I want to achieve in life started long before today. I need, I have to make choices today for whatever it is. But my choices go back far. I mean, we talk about our retirement goals. You know, Randy, you and I, we've talked about this on the show. We wanted, you wanted land in Arkansas. You wanted to live in Arkansas. I wanted land and fishing and hunting. 
that started 20, 20 years ago. And every choice Don and I made was towards that goal. Now it becomes more achievable the later in life we got, you know, kids are out of the house. We realize we do make money when they're on their own, <laughs> you know, and you realize, gosh, I got a raise in my paycheck when the kids moved out. <laughs> Funny how that works. But yeah, they, they, they become older, but they just become more expensive in what they need. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but everything is a choice and everything you do have control of you and the victim mentality serves no one. All that serves is not taking responsibility for your choices that maybe you didn't choose well. And therefore things happen. There's also bad things that happen. And I get that in life. There are things, but, but how you react to them and how you move through them also defines you again, choices, right? Um, Because I'm not, I'm not here to advocate that life is uh, rosy and perfect and beautiful all the time, because it's certainly not. It's difficult and challenging, but it's how you respond to and move through those challenges in life and work that really define you. And you have to choose. They always say, everybody's heard it, choose your attitude. Attitude is everything. Do you want to choose looking at everything as a pessimist and the glass half empty, or do you want to choose optimism and that the glass is half full and my choice matters today? I get fascinated. We, Rhonda and I are, we're really interested in these genealogy kind of shows and they come around every once in a while. And there's one on PBS. I can't remember the name of it, but they'll take a couple of celebrities and they'll go back and they'll just, you know, they'll do their genealogy as far back as they can on their mom and dad's side. And largely these people, they don't, they don't have a clue. They, they know who their grandfather was. They might have some semblance of who the great grandfather, great grandmother were, but you know, now we're going back to the 1600s and 1700s and 1800s and, and things. And as these people start looking back at their ancestry and the choices that were made. And in some cases, you know, there's a whole lot of wondering, like, I wonder why they, I wonder why they decided that there was one that was on just this week. And, uh, the person had their roots were down in Barbados. Okay. Well, they left Barbados and the reason they left Barbados, the research discovered Barbados was getting really crowded. And so they were offering people $20 to leave. If you would leave and stay gone for five years, we'd give you $20. Now this is back hundreds of years ago. And then they upped it to $25. And so it answered the question, well, okay, that's why they made the choice. They made the choice because they took the money. Well, then you you dig a little bit deeper. Okay. Well, there was a record of this grandfather who had left Barbados for $25 and come to New York. Well, he came to New York because his father had already done it. His father had taken the same deal some years earlier, but until you know, these kinds of things, anyway, it just kind of spoke to me about this particular quote that, so here's a choice that was made. And now here's this person sitting in front of the cameras. They're alive because these people made these choices and it speaks to the value of the choices. It speaks to the explanation of the choices that we make the outcomes. None of us know the outcomes. We think we do. We hope we do. Those of us that are trying to 
have some wisdom in our life. We hope that we're making wise decisions that will lead to an outcome that we we want what I call our ideal outcome. The thing we most want to have happen. You set your sights on this property where you could fish and you could hunt, but you didn't know. You didn't know if your choices would lead to that. That was the hope. That was the expectation. And you made choices based on it. It might not have worked out. It might've worked out that, okay, you can't get exactly what you want. You're going to have to settle for something else. Turns out you mostly got what you wanted. I could even argue for both of us. We may have both gotten more than we, I, I mean, our, whatever our ideal was that might've been exceeded. I feel that that's right. way. That's right. And that's only because it's, it's the intentionality. I think that we both had in the pursuit of these things. So we're not sitting here advocating that get up in the morning, have a great attitude and the world is your oyster. It may be, and it may not be. No, life's life just sucks sometimes. Yeah. Some days the bear eats you and some days you eat the bear. And that's just the way it, it, it goes. I got, I got word that somebody that I know in another state husband goes to the doctor. He had something, you know, some, some lump or something and biopsies and other tests result that it's bad. It's really bad. It's as bad as it gets. Okay. Optimism isn't optimism is, isn't going to fix that, but I could argue, okay, now what's your choice going to be based on these facts, based on this news? I don't know how he or anybody else in those situations chooses to handle that, but I know that they can, I know that they, he's got the capability to handle that. However, he chooses, there's no question there's capacity issues here, you know, for somebody to come out of a doctor's office and being all on top of that, that's not going to happen. That's just counter to being a human. That's right. So there's going to be this period of tremendous depression and grieving and all of that. But at some point I'm rather confident that this person and that any of us, we could muster up and decide, okay, this is my reality. Now, what am I going to do with it? That's right. It still comes down to choice. Exactly. It now that, that individual, you know, when we say life sucks, sometimes the reality is we, we are all born, we live and we, we will face death. Every one of us. Um, and those moments are, are difficult, but like you said, that individual that, you know, they, they have choice and it may be that choice is now moments. What am I going to do in that moment? What am I going to do for the remainder of my life? How am I going to choose to live that each day? Right. I mean, they're, they are still, we own our choices, um, through any circumstance that we have, we have choice The The ones that, that I get frustrated with are the individual's that blame everybody else and their choices they believe are based on everybody else's dictation. In other words, right. That, well, it's, it's because of that, that I'm in this circumstance. N no, it's that circumstance may have happened, but you still have choices that you can make that predict 
the outcome that predict that moment to predict how you take it and how you handle it and how you treat others and how you treat yourself. Um, it still is a matter of choice. And when you start deflecting that everything that's happened to you is because of others and their choices, you're, you're not being accountable. You have to be accountable to yourself and know that your choices matter and you can make a difference because of your choices and how, and how you live each day and how you, the, the outcome and the, the product of um, life that's before you that you're living. Well, it's less about, for me, it's, it's, it's less about blame. It's less about excuses. And I'll, there's a whole bunch of C words here. Control. All of us want some control over our life. And there's an awful lot that is beyond our control. Guy goes to a doctor, gets a bad diagnosis, largely beyond your control. Yeah. He had, he had no choice in that. No, that is just fact. That's no. Just so now faced with a reality, what are you going to do? And it doesn't mean that we're not sympathetic. It doesn't mean that we're not empathetic to the plight of people, but now what freedom best I can tell is largely based on, if not completely defined by choice in societies where people are not free and there's plenty of them and they're not free because they don't have a choice in some countries. I, I, I find myself telling people this pretty regularly because it's just so profound for me. Do you realize the billions of people whose feet will never be on anything other than a dirt floor, the billions of people who battle for clean water or and even the, food. Yeah. And all of these things that we just take for granted and yet we can cry and we can moan and we can complain because we live in these nice comfortable houses where we're here in, in Texas. I mean, yesterday we had a heat index record. Um, uh, and yet it's, it's in the mid low seventies, you know, in our houses, because we've got this air conditioning and the, the number of people on the planet, that's just not an option. That's right. It's not an option. And it's kind of amazing to me, these, these people in these horrific conditions with not anywhere near the opportunities that we've got here in this country and most every other developed country. And yet every day they still make these choices to, to push forward and, and to survive and, you know, to make a go of it. And then we've got people in this country that the slightest little hangnail kind of a problem can completely derail them. It's just, it's fascinating to me the human spirit and what some people just how resolved some people are to face the day with their choices as limited as they may be versus others of us who've got virtually unlimited choices. And yet we just don't see it that way. We see it as though the other C word is circumstance. We can let circumstance dictate and it circumstance can dictate if we let it, if we surrender to it, I can wake up and whatever happens to me today, I can look for up 10 million reasons why that happened. None of which have anything to do with me, 
But for me, it's less about that kind of a blame thing as like, okay, here's my reality. My reality is today I'm 66 years old. That's my reality. I can't do anything about that. Okay. What am I going to do about that? Well, I'm not going to do anything about it. What does that mean for me? doesn't really mean anything for me. I don't feel any different than I did 10 years ago necessarily. Yep. That's right. Uh, so I'm continuing to work. I'm continuing to do, to do my thing. It's a number. I, I don't deny that it's, it maybe is a significant number, but it's a number. I don't care. It's not dictating anything for me. And I'm in that demographic where there's so many people that 65 is this magical. And it's like, okay, well, that's, that's it. I'm, you know, I'm done. And I'm like, Lisa and I have this conversation off, off the air as well as on the air. I, I'm going to be done when I'm done. I'm not done. You know, for me, it, it's still a choice of trying to preach these messages, trying to impact as many people as we can. I just, I find in my conversations, Lisa, everybody wants to fixate. Well, it's not my fault. And well, I, I, I didn't do that. I'm, I'm not to blame when nobody ever even uses those words. I never even use those words. And that's immediately where our heads go. When we talk about being responsible, especially when I ask the question of clients, what if you just decided right now to own everything? It's the very first response. I almost a hundred percent of the time get. Well, it, it, everything's not my fault. I'm like, I didn't say it was your fault. I'm just asking you the question. What if you made up your mind right now that you're going to accept responsibility for everything? Ownership. They, they just can't see how that's helpful. You know, it takes a little while to have the conversation and try to get their brain wrapped around the notion of whatever happens to you beyond your control. Now what? It has to, the choice has to be intentional is what I always say. It has to be intentional. Um, you, you, you do have control and it's understanding that you have the power to choose the, the worst thing I think people can say, like you said, is, is deflect to somebody else's choice that's impacting you. Now there are choices of others that can impact your circumstances. I get that. It's just like life. Life dictates what it dictates. It like your your um, friend or whomever that has this circumstance of. Well, I can the, promise the you the choices health. are going to be changed. The choices That's are right. going to be very different now, armed with this new reality. Just like mine, but my, it is reality. That's right. They can't change it. Um, if if something, if a circumstance, you know, the, the thing that I hate hearing the most. And I have to have this conversation probably as often as, as you did um, or do in your line of work now and your line of work as a CEO. I have to have conversations over and over and over with people that you now have to choose. You have to choose how you're going to react to this. Are you going to choose to blame others and not accept accountability? Because this happens all the time, especially in coachings, counselings, disciplinary matters. I can't tell you how many times employees will come in arguing what their supervisors have communicated to them. I need you, the supervisor, I need, I really want you to focus on meeting your deadlines, on timely communication, on finishing your projects, on whatever, you know, whatever it is. And the employees want to come to HR and they're like, this is ridiculous. 
I'm like, okay, tell me what's ridiculous. Well, that none of this is true. And I, I don't do that. I maybe go to their desk five times a week, but I don't go 10. And I, I and it's good conversations that I'm having and, and I'm not distracting anybody. And it's just constant excuses deflecting from the actual issue at hand. And I have to, I have to look at them and say, listen, because what they want us to do is remove that from the file. They want us to tell the supervisor, you yep. can't write a letter, get it out of my file and I'm not at fault. Right. I mean, that's the end result. And I have to have the conversation with them. I said, what if, what if instead of deflecting and not taking accountability for what they're telling you, what if you took to heart, they're trying to serve you. They're like, they're not trying to serve me. I mean, this is, it's the continual battle. Yeah. And I said, but what if they were, what if they are doing their job as a leader and telling you what they see that you could improve upon to become a better you? And they usually pause and they're like, well, this is, this is ridiculous. Cause I don't do it. I said, do you, do you go talk to everybody at their office? Well, yeah, but I'm just being friendly. Well, if they don't see it that way, is it a behavior you can change? I mean, I have to just walk through and ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I try to lead them back. Unfortunately, it's rare. Because yeah. typically when there's a write-up, it escalates. That's sure. what I've experienced in my career. It's not one time. Yeah. If they don't accept accountability for the first one, they certainly typically are not accepting accountability for the others. Yeah. What if the you people, choose to accept this as being the reality and the truth? To being true, in fact right? It's all about perspective, but I can all, I can tell you 100% of the time, if the employees own it, they always become better. Always. Of course. I have well, never it, seen a failure with somebody who doesn't own and go, you know what? I do. I do see that. And I appreciate your feedback. And I'm going to definitely work on that. hundred percent of the time, they are the ones that rise up to become future leaders because they well, acknowledge a, a gap. And they, they choose, yeah. number one, they choose to improve the gap and they choose behaviors that support improving the gap, right? It's all choice. It's just choice. It's that simple. How you choose to react to what's before you impacts the outcome, as you call it, the ideal outcome. Every choice counts. you got to choose to make them. That's right. Well, and I think so much of it just stems from acceptance of reality and maybe a big a big component of it is is self-awareness is how because you've described situations where people just aren't self-aware well i could very easily i could go to some health professional and i could i could have some diagnosis and i could have some kind of empirical evidence this is what we this is what we're up against randy and i could be like no no i'm not going to accept that well <laughs> That's a choice. I could make that choice just like an employee could make that choice that a boss who writes me up and is trying to correct me. And I could argue with that, um, or I can accept the reality. I think there's a lot of self delusion. There's no question. I, I believe that if, if we could all improve one thing, our self-awareness, I think it would be huge. I know it would be huge because we've got this tremendous capacity to be delusional. Yeah. Right. You, you and Don could have been delusional about this goal that you had. I mean, there are lots of people who set these, who set these seemingly outlandish objectives that are somewhat delusional 
You especially see it in creative spaces when somebody fancies themselves perhaps to be a singer and they can't sing, but mama told them they could sing mm -hmm. and the whole world is telling them you can't sing, uh, but they, they think they can. And so, you know, they, they languish. We, we can't be what we're not, you know, I, I was never going to be a professional athlete. Wasn't going to happen. No way, no how. Uh, there's a whole lot of things I'm not going to be, and I can focus on that just like I can focus on blame and situations and circumstances beyond my, or I can own what I can own and I can That's make right. choices based on that and do the best I can. And that really is what we're advocating. And in the context of leadership, it's super, super important because we are leading the way we are showing others how to behave. We are showing others how to live. We just Our choices are. impact others. They yeah. just do. Even if you don't know it. Well, there's paying attention to how we're approaching things. That's right. So if you are a leader and you are constantly lamenting to your staff, and this is one that just kills me because it is such a culture killer that every bad thing that happens to your department is because other departments have imposed on your department or because city management has imposed on your department. Yeah. When you name, Man, when you name drop blame, it is a cancer and a half that will just eat your team up That's and right. you will be doing nothing but teaching your team that this is the way, this is the way to handle these kinds of things, as opposed to a, a spirit of service, which Lisa happens to be in a city, which has a deep culture of service. She's talked about it before raving fans. Much of it is based on that Ken Blanchard book, raving fans, uh, which you can find anywhere. And that's a whole different mindset. It's just a whole different mindset of let's find a way to be of service. Let's find a way to benefit. Let's find a way that is a choice. I learned a long, long time ago. And it's a person, hard choice. It's not yeah, it's an a easy, real hard choice. It's not easy. Our choices don't mean it's, it's, it's just an easy solution because many of them are more work. If yeah, you're intentional about your choices, from, it all stems from making work. that choice. The minute, the minute Grand Prairie made that choice that that was going to be the way things would operate. The minute we make up our mind that that's the way we're going to operate, whatever, whatever that operation is going to be, I would maintain it gets easier. I learned a long time ago, customer service is largely a company that decides that, that they're, they're going to do it. Chick-fil-A is Chick-fil-A. Yeah. They got some great system. Do you think that they've got the tech? You think they got technology edge? Do you think they got a people edge? You could say, yeah, they got a people edge. The reason they got a people edge is because, you know, the Kathy family made up their mind years ago. This is the way we're going to roll. Yeah. And, the, and we are going to do it and we're not going to stop doing it. It is an inbred culture of service, not only to the people they hire, but you, you know, I don't know all the facts, but I've heard it's like a two week training program just on how to serve others. It yeah, matter if you're the cashier, it and doesn't matter next, if you're the cook. That's right. And there's it an is, expectation. This is we're, how we're we will them. do it. And if you don't do it, this, and how, how many times have you been somewhere else besides Chick-fil-A? And you said, thank you. And they said, my pleasure. And you're like, oh, you worked at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> right. And they're like, I did work at Chick-fil-A, but it's in, who yeah. says my pleasure, except for those from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Chick now I'm sure there are some, but you can tell it is a culture that is bred in every person. And it has, it has to be a belief system. 
That's right. A choice. That's right. Again, it's yeah. all choice. Well, I still am a broken record and maintain. Uh, for me, the 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 most powerless thing in the world is to get up in the morning and believe that uh, there's nothing I can do. And I just, it's not my worldview. It's just not. Uh, I hope that those people listening, if if that's not your worldview, I, I hope that you'll be open to adopting that kind of a worldview because there are things that you can do. Does that mean that you can fix everything? It does not. There are many things that you're not going to be able to fix at all, but you can respond more positively to those things. You can make the most out of them and bad things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen to good people. They just do bad things happen to bad people. Uh, bad things happen to bad people more because bad people are making bad choices. You know, we've talked before, if, if we need to make more money, what do we think about? We may think about a side job. We may think about, can we, can we work some overtime, but there are bad people and that's not where their head goes. Their first choice goes to who can I rob? Who can I scam? Who can I steal something from? Okay. That's a bad choice. Mm -hmm. It's a really and there's bad. Good, there's good people, Randy, that can make bad choices. Yeah. That's right. right. And you, you look at circumstances and we've talked about this on previous shows when people come in um, talking about our quote, everything in your life is a reflection of a choice you have made. If you want a different result, make a different choice. And when they come into my office and say, I love my job, but, and then they list a laundry list of things that they hate about their job. I'm like, you don't love your job. They're like, yes, yes I do. I'm like, no, you are, everything you just said is you're miserable. Choose something different. Go somewhere. You have the choice and the power to go somewhere that makes you happy. Bring joy into your life. Life is too short. I don't know how many times I've had that conversation with people. Choose something different. And guess what? Then you have to look at yourself. If the choice, if you are always miserable in every job, it ain't the job. It's the choice. It's the choice of misery and the choice that everybody else is the cause instead of possibly it being you that needs to change. But don't you think and that, that is level, also a choice? Don't you think that level of responsibility and accountability is scary for a lot of folks? Of course it is. Of course it is. It's much easier to blame others than to change, change oneself. And to them, you would say it's I've said it, it, it is, it is your choice and you have to choose differently. But you I'm have scared, to look but at your, you have to have self-awareness and that, that is hard. But I'm scared to make that choice because it feels so much better to believe that, you know, my life is just the product of the will of the universe. The universe is all against me. I'll tell people this. It's, it's, it's very tongue in cheek, but it makes the point. I know that you believe that we all got together last night, the whole universe got together and we all took this secret vote. You weren't invited and we all voted about how your life was going to go. I mean, if we stop long enough to realize that everybody's got their own stuff and as much as I care about you and as much as I care about people in our audience, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be hypocritical and say, I care more about you or I care more about them than I do myself. I don't, I don't, you know, clearly we all know that we are the most important person in the world in that regard, mm -hmm. because this is our life. This is our life. Our lives matter to us. They should, 
more than the life of other people. That doesn't, this isn't a contest no. because we can still care about other people. But if that's the case, now we have to face the reality. There is not some universal vote being taken because everybody's way too busy with their own stuff. They're all, they're looking through their eyes. They got their stuff. We're trying to make our own choices. Yeah. They've got their own goals and ambitions. So for us to believe that the world is against us, the universe is against us. It's not, it's not life is largely against high performance because high performance takes a degree of dedication and work and resilience and things that we've talked about on the podcast. And we'll keep on talking about them because all we're doing is evangelizing. We go to church and we hear, we hear sermon after sermon after sermon. And a lot of the sermons have a, have a theme. Okay. That's what we're doing here. We're preaching this sermon because the more you hear it, the more you listen to us and the more you might be convinced and converted to this truth that we've got to bear responsibility for the outcomes of our life. Doesn't mean the outcomes are going to be what we want. Lisa has had this lifelong pursuit. She and Don about this goal that they've had. Rhonda and I haven't this dream for us emerged about three years ago. That's the great thing about an ideal outcome and about choices. You can change, you can change, (laughs) you can change them. Who, Who knew, right? I mean that you could change your mind. You can change your mind. But still, it boils down to the fact that neither of us were approaching those two ambitions that we had. Okay, we're waiting for some miracle to happen. We're waiting for. We weren't waiting on chance. We're waiting for some money to fall out of the. Yeah. It's intentional. You have to make choices that are intentional. And, you know, I equate it, and, and some choices are not easy. I equate it to. When we knew we wanted land and we knew we needed money in the future, we didn't know how much. Who knows what the cost of we didn't know what the cost of land was, but we you knew we had a goal. Real quick. Yeah, we knew we had a goal that we didn't want to live in the city forever. We uh-huh. wanted some property, and I remember Don. You know, he put we didn't have money. I, I mean, I want everybody to understand we had three <laughs> kids, a year to a year and a half apart, working folks, all in college at the same time. $1,000 a month in car insurance for three teenagers. I mean, we were scraping by paycheck to paycheck for a good solid 15, 17 years. I mean, literally paycheck to paycheck. If we needed something, Don worked overtime, you know, um, just to provide for our family. But all that to be said, that the challenge becomes Don was putting away money in his 401k. He took his 3%. I don't think his paycheck changed for 15 years <laughs> right. because every time he got an increase, he stuck that increase and we just lived on whatever he made yeah. uh, and what I made combined. Um, but the point being at some point he forgot about it and he did an automatic increase of 3% every year. Yeah. And he kept going, I don't understand why we just got a raise and my check never changes. And he finally went in like year 15 yeah. and goes, well, that's why I'm putting 33% more. <laughs> right. It increased and it. Yeah. And he goes, I have must have checked a box at some point. Yeah. And but now aren't you glad? Aren't we glad now? But again, it was all choice, right? We had a choice to live in the home that the kids grew up in forever that's in the right. city or to sell it at the peak of this market because we were in a good position to do so and have to 
live in a house with my mother in one bedroom with three dogs and choose a little bit of inconvenience and her gracious attitude to allow us to live there for a year while our house is being built and this land is being developed. Right. I mean, it is all choices. We didn't have to do that. We could have just stayed in the home and been there today and hope the dream fulfilled itself at a point closer to age 60 or 65. Well, let's guess what we wanted to choose while we had the opportunity and we made the choice and it's, it was a hard one. In fact, Don didn't think I was going to make it. And he told me that he goes, I did not think you'd sell because I'm a risk averse person. And let's end on, let's end on, on having a a discussion, a brief discussion about that. And the word I'm going to throw out is sacrifice. Where does sacrifice in all of this fit for you when it comes to these individual choices that we make and more specifically our willingness? Yes. It's inten- again, it goes back to intentional. We all have to make sacrifices to get to our, as you call it, our ideal outcome. But and I think us, an awful lot of people aren't willing to do Nothing that. Nothing in life comes easy, as they say, right? Yeah. Nothing worth having comes easy. Um, you have to choose to make sacrifices and make them count. We counsel our, our kids on this. They're grown adults. Um, and we say, you've got to think about what do you want long-term and make sure every choice is moving toward that. You're going to have hiccups. You're going to make mistakes. Choices are not perfect every time. I Certainly, I've made plenty that were not beneficial, but you've got to do the best with what's in front of you and have intent, right? That's That's what's critical and key. And through those choices, circumstances can become difficult and circumstances can cause exactly what you talked about, which is sacrifice to get what you want in the end. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com. Thank you.